So I haven't seen any of these questions. So um, it started out from a tweet where someone said, like, here's 10 questions to get to know people. Is that is that right? Yeah. Listener of the pod. And I think your friend Blake, Blake Burge, I think is his name. Uh, he had tweeted out a thing like, you know, whatever. There are many questions, but few will change your life. Here's 10 <laughs> questions that will change your life. And, you know, thread goes viral. So, By the way, you know, normally you, it's kind of like eye roll. No, it's good. There's this thing, Ben, you'll have to look it up again. No research here. There's this thing I remember years ago. It was called like the New York Times, like 21 questions. And it was like, here, ask these 21 questions on a first date, right? Well, on a first date, I thought. And it was like, here's how you get intimate with people. And like as a single 21 year old, I read that. I was like, oh, like here's how I can hook up with girls. And I remember those questions and they're very similar to what these guys questions are. But it was like, when did your father make you cry? Or like, like it was like pretty deep <laughs> questions like that. Right. Um, and so I'm, I'm down he, with these questions. So, so I actually read these questions and I was like, these are actually good questions, but um, the way he presented it, I think, uh, you know, no offense. This is how most people do Twitter. It's like, here's some general advice or some general questions. What's interesting to me is not the like the question, but it's kind of seeing somebody struggle with their their answer to that question. So, for example, um, he would ask a question like and I'll give you give you the first question, which is which is going to come out here in a second. So, Ben, read read question number one. I'll explain how he tweeted it and how I think we should answer it instead. Read question, uh, one. question on the, one is on the in what areas of my life am I settling? OK, so what areas of my life am I settling? That's a powerful question. It's a good thought provoking question. Now, his the rest of his tweet was like you know, just enough or just okay is not good enough. Identify the areas of your life you're, you're just settling. So to me, that's the part where it was like, no, 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 Blake, I want to hear your answer. Like, you tell me, like, if you're going to put out one of these bullshit ass threads, that's like, you know, generic, generic, generic thread um, to try to get likes. I think that the next level of this like bullshit thread thing is people are going to get a little more vulnerable. They're going to put their actual answers in the thread rather than general advice. Who's invented this this theme I'm seeing? So like Upworthy was like, here's 10 things. You're not going to believe number seven. This new one that I'm seeing on Twitter is there's 8,000 of this thing. Here's the four best. Eight billion humans on this earth. Not all of them are worth following. Here's my 11 friends that are worth following. Who, would, who created that? <laughs> Did one of our buddies no pick idea. that? Or is it? I have no Dude, idea who started that, but that's whatever. the formula. That, that, that like is the formula. Using. Well, Ben, all right. What's the first one? I just tried it. It's uh, in what area of my life am I settling? You go first. Okay, so what areas of my life am I settling? And by the way, this is called the boys go to therapy because we got to open up a little bit. We got to we got to see what the what this what the answer might be. I would say two come to mind. The first is fitness. Like, I think I got kind of comfortable with my workout routine and diet, and I was like, oh, okay, like not as fat as I was. I'm on my way to getting fit. And I just kind of got okay with like, I was kind of settling for like, wow, you're much better than before, <laughs> but I've been right, like riding right. that for, for like, you know, 12 months now. And now the before is the same as the current because it's like been a while, like six months of like the same. And so I just realized this recently and was like, why did I settle here? This isn't the destination. Like I basically was on a road trip and I stopped at the gas station and then unpacked my bags instead of being like, no, 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 this, this is not the destination. This is the, the pit stop. I got to get to the hotel. Why, yeah, why, you, why is my suitcase open? You made a lot of progress, though, in a relatively short amount of time. You just got to keep going. Yeah. So I would say I'm settling there. And the other one I'm settling, I think, is 
me and my wife, like we have two little kids and there's like, you know, this feeling of like, you know what? Like we put a lot into work. Okay. Then you put, you're putting a lot into your fitness. You're putting a lot into your kids. And it's like, oh, whatever's left over at the end of the day for each other. Like, you know, we take what we can get as the scraps uh, of, right. of like, you know, the energy, the kind of like um, just the effort we put into kind of your relationship. As I think we've both kind of settled on that, which is like, it's fine. <laughs> they're not, they're not leaving. <laughs> they're not going anywhere. It's you, fine. We can, will she, so we can will always she do this later to this? when the kids grow up. Is she going to listen to this? No, that's the beauty of it. <laughs> you should no. have her listen to this. I think that that's good that you, you said that. Maybe, uh, maybe that will make her like you more. Yeah, especially because I didn't say that she is doing all this. Right? I said <laughs> we are doing it, which is, you know, the key. Um, all right. All right. Um, what about you? What areas of your life do you think you're settling? All right. Quick message from our sponsor. We know that growing pains hurt. And when you're a startup sales team, you know that pain all too well. Thankfully, there's the HubSpot for Startups program. It's a special program that gives startups discounts on HubSpot. The platform unites your entire front office from marketing to sales to support. Plus, they have a ton of other resources that startup founders can use to scale. So get ready to close more deals and make growing pains a thing of the past. Visit HubSpot.com slash startups to see how much you can save. Um, uh, my a consistent diet needs to, I, I think I, I could, I like to improve that. I looked at my goals over the last 10 years. So I created a goal tracking thing 10 years ago when I was about 21 and I hit all of them except for wanting to weigh 190 pounds. I've always struggled to lose 10 pounds and I just, I've always wanted to do it and I've never done it. And so I've, I'm sucking at that. The second thing career wise, I've settled a bit. So I'm, I purposely set out a period where I was like one year, the sale and plus one year, I'm going to chill. I'm just going to read. I'm going to learn. And I still am not ready to like go all in on something. I'm, I'm not there yet. And so I'm kind of being a little bit lazy and I feel a little guilt around that. And then I'll do a relationship one. Dude, I'm super dependent on Sarah. Like, uh, if someone like wants me to come speak somewhere, I'll be like, Sarah, can you just like handle this? Or like, do you want me to go speak here? Like, let me know. Like I'm only going to, and, and oftentimes, cause I don't like to fly. I'll be like, uh, by the way, I'm only going if you're available. Like if you don't go, I don't want to go because I enjoy being around her. And I think, uh, I should learn to do a few things by myself a little bit more than I have been lately. I just tend to rely on her so freaking much that I need to, I need to go do stuff by myself. Give me one. That's give me one. That's, uh, a settle that you, I, I feel like all those settles, maybe that both of us said are like settles that we're kind of cool with. What's a settle you're not cool with? The weight thing. Yeah. I, the weight thing. I'm not cool with that. It, like I get up, like I'm pissed off. I'm like, why can't I just be consistent? If I was just consistent for like five months with an, an eight, a certain amount of calories, I'd be good. I'm, I, I would be good. I would hit it, but it is so freaking tempting. And I just give into that shit and that pisses me off. Um, what else? I don't know. What am I? I do think that. So tell me if this is a settling thing. I create I've created a couple little small pro- products in my free time and I get so excited about making like five hundred dollars, one hundred dollars, a thousand dollars a day. I get so much joy from that. And I'm like. Dude, I could crush this if I want to. I can build I can build things that are huge. Why am I not? Why don't I have the motivation to do this? And so I feel like. I feel soft and like I'm settling in that aspect. Yeah. Th- I think one, uh, one that I've seen in myself, is, and by the way, I don't think that that was, uh, I forgot what you said. You said, tell me what you think about this. Like, I agree with you. So, so I think that was good. Um, I'm thinking more and more that the, the, the settling thing, 
the easiest way for me to pinpoint where I'm settling is when I see the contrast, when I see somebody who's not settled in this area and I'm like, oh, hmm, they, uh, wow, they're really pushing it beyond, <laughs> beyond where I am right now in this. Like, and it doesn't mean I'm always going to just chase and do what others do necessarily, but it kind of takes me seeing that for me to be like, oh, word, like that's, this isn't, uh, this isn't the kind of the spot to just settle down and, and, and dig my heels in. And so that's happened to me with money. Like, for example, I've seen people's lifestyle or I've seen people's just people talking about stuff. It's like somebody will be like, um, yeah, we, you know, we picked up this project and then we, you know, like a real estate deal. We we picked up this, this deal and we're going to flip it, you know, basically four months later. And, you know, we should make one and a half million on that. And I'm, I'm just sort of like, oh, OK, so like they're normal where they have settled for their normal is like what would have been, let's say an outstanding outcome for me, but like to them, that's the normal course of business. And then I just sort of check myself and I say, all right, do I care? And usually I, usually I do care. Usually I do care when I notice those things. Cause that's why they stood out to me in the first place. And like, sometimes they don't stand out in this way that I'm saying where I'm saying it all calmly. I'm just sort of like, usually it's like, I'm jealous of them or I'm like, um, I find myself trying to, come up with a reason why that's not good. And then I got to hold my, I got to pull myself back and be like, Oh, or maybe instead of coming up with reasons why that's not good, I should just admit that it's probably good and something that I actually want for myself. And I'm just trying to kind of like mentally in my own justification, tear their shit down a little bit to make myself feel okay. But in reality, maybe I should just say, Oh, cool. They showed me something I want. Um, and maybe I've, I've, I've actually just kind of settled here, but I could go further than I, than I currently have. Do do a journal. Do you have a history of journaling? Or goal setting, at least just like writing down like thoughts or targets that you want to achieve for different ages. Not ages, uh, but like do like kind of have ideas in mind, but it's not it's not based on how old I am. Like I've done. this. No, I I don't don't mean like in the future. What what I mean is like when you're 21, where you like, all right, this year I want to accomplish this. When I was 21, I did. I said, okay, by 30, I I, I used to say by 30, I want to have a million dollars in the bank and. Uh, I had a couple of goofy ones. It's like a million dollars in the bank. I want to have gone on survivor and I want to like, you know, I had like two other, like, I don't even remember what they were at this point. And then like, as I got older, I was like, Oh, well that number needs to be bigger. And then the second one time isn't really a factor. And like, Oh, I don't care about Forbes 30 into 30. That's actually all bullshit. And like, you know, I kind of adjusted my like goals once I like wasn't 21 anymore. Well, I think um, it's good to look at those things because I'll look at all my old journaling and writings and I'm like, well, what energy was I putting into there? What was I bummed about? What was I excited about? And then oftentimes I do one of two things. I either try to impress my past self or try to make my future self pumped where I'm like, what what am, what will I be really excited that I did now um, in 10 years? So there's this thing. I don't know if you've heard of it. So Chris Saka, who is, uh, you know, one of the kind of best investors of all time, who's one of the biggest investors in Twitter and Instagram and a couple other badass companies. He, um, he had this thing, which was like, he, he read out somewhere. I think it was like on the Tim Ferriss podcast or something. He like, he read out a note that he had written to himself. Um, a, a note that he had written, written to himself when he was 20 years old. And, um, and he goes, I, I, I actually, I just found it while we were talking here. So this is perfect. I found the transcript. Have you, do, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm about to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it. I remember it. What did he say? I don't remember exactly so he what he goes, said, but I remember this episode. He goes, uh, he goes something about, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? He goes, so here I am. I'm 20 years old. I'm living in Cork, Ireland. And we'd start the day drinking at 1130, blah, blah, blah. 
And I'd never heard of an investment banker. I've never heard, at that point, I had never heard of a venture capitalist. And so I just wrote in there, I don't know what the job is called, but I know it's going to involve a lot of talking on the phone, a lot of negotiating, a lot of yelling at people, high risk, high reward, unbelievably high stakes. And I'm going to do it part time from the mountains, part time from the beach, whatever it does, whatever it is, I'm going to be done with it before I'm 40. And then he's like, you know, fast forward. He, this was, you know, just, I think he was 40, 41. And he basically like a billionaire accomplished yeah. almost exactly that. Yeah. So he's like, He's now a billionaire who does exactly that, makes deals. He didn't know what a VC was, but he became a VC, which is that deal. He has a house in Truckee and, uh, you know, another one on the beach. So he had the mountains and the beach thing. And it was like literally it all played out and he retired from the game and he was like done with it. And he moved on with his life and he started doing other things. And so um, so I always thought that was really cool. And I thought it was cool because it wasn't like these fucking lame goals. It was a description of his life. It It was like a painting of his life. It was like a movie scene of his life. And I've noticed that the people who kind of do this, like they kind of call their shot and they manifest it. They don't really call their shot with like some, like it doesn't feel like Excel. It feels like iMovie. It's not like a bullet point analytical thing. It's like a a vision for how their life is going to be and what life is going to feel like. And they don't even know the words to describe it or the route to get there. They're like, but that's it. That thing at the end, that's how it's going to feel. That's what it's going to look like. That's what I'm going to do that. I'm doing this tonight. I'm doing this is good. I I movie not Excel. That's a good one. If you were going to do uh like let's do a kind of off the cuff shitty version, right? Again, we do it for the entertainment. Uh of, we do it for the people. What do you think would go into that? What do you what's your what comes to mind as your version of that? Um I like physical places as opposed to internet places. So I like I it would really I want to have a I really want to own I want to have some type of physical land or pl- or buildings throughout the country that I can entertain all of my friends all at one time and By the way, pay for can, all of can it. Can I propose something here? Yeah. Can I propose we do a two minute thing where we just jot down on our note here what we think it is and we'll just cut that out. No, because we'll I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared. You, you what's <laughs> That's yours? Why you got to do it. What's yours? Know. That's what I'm saying. We, we, we got to write it down. We got to f- figure it out. Okay. So I, no, I think I'm not ready. All right. <laughs> look at that reaction this tells you that's that's what we call resistance when the boys go to therapy that's we identified some resistance <laughs> i have to figure this out this is like such a hard thing to do next question ben fuck are you guys ready for the next question lovely okay let me let me give you my let me give you my scene right now okay my scene that i have in my head is you're already living, where I'm living no dude my house is like this i already know the house it's this big ass house everything's fucking white inside my i'm at this i have the same i have a chef like i have today but it's like on this like giant area there's people just coming in and out of my house because we're like the fucking lobby like my whole life and work is so integrated that like my trainer's showing up they're having brunch with us and then the you know i'm having this meeting with this other person but they're also going to work out with us and the whole thing is just integrated into one big ass thing my mom's over my sister's over because we all live nearby because we all made it the second thing is i take a nap midday because with no guilt. So zero guilt midday nap. I already know that that is like, that is the, that implies that the rest of the shit worked itself all out. And then the last piece is, um, all I get to do is just meet interesting people and, uh, be super curious about them. And then I just either, I don't know, record or type or something like kind of like what we're doing right now. I just take the interesting bits. I put it out there and it's in millions. It's in, in a million people's ears or eyes you know, the next day because they are following it 
um, they love the content, like they love the content package that I put out and I never meet those people. I don't have to talk to them. I'm not their consultant. I'm not their motivational speaker. I just kind of, I'm taking little bits of what I'm curious about and I'm putting it into a million people's ears every morning. I think, uh, you're almost, I think you're practically there. I don't know. You got to get the house and the fancier chef, dude, you could take a nap now. I'm sure. Dude, the midday nap right now with kids, that's indulgent. If you take, well, if you give take it a like nap two years. Kids, that's like, that's like giving the middle finger to your spouse. <laughs> I'm going to go take a nap right now. <laughs> what, uh, what's the next question, Ben? Um, by the way, the, that million people's ear things, that was old. I, I had said that before we started this podcast. I had told Sully, he was like, what do you want to do next? When I was selling the company and we were on like a fucking 10 mile walk, we just kept walking in the middle of the night. And he was like, tell me more. What are you, what are you thinking? I said, dude, I think what I want to do is I just want to have some way that I could just get my thoughts out there. And it gets in a million people's. I remember calling it earballs. I said, it's in a million people's earballs in the morning. I said, I just think that that would be so cool if I could just be you in a million people's that. ears while they're on their commute to work or whatever else. And that was before the podcast. Now the podcast is getting close to that. Yeah, you have that. All right, everyone, a quick break because I want to fill you in on a little experiment that I'm doing. I've got a new project. It's called Money Wise. It's a personal finance podcast for high net worth people or young people who are on their way to becoming high net worth. When I made a little bit of money, I didn't even know how much money I should be spending each month. Should it be 10000 30000 50000 And I didn't really have a lot of people to ask. So I created a podcast called Money Wise because I wanted to figure out what are some of the things that people who have a lot of cash and who have a high net worth, what do they do with it? The first episode is with a friend of mine. He sold his company for $200 million when he was 31 years old. He gets super transparent about his monthly expenses, his portfolio, how it impacts his happiness, everything. And so I want you guys to check it out. It's called Money Wise. That's one word. You can find it on my Twitter bio. I'm the Sam Parr. Or you can just type in Money Wise on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. All right, back to the pod. Hey, let's take a quick break to tell you about the HubSpot Podcast Network. If you like podcasts like this, you should check out some other cool podcasts. One is called Business Made Simple. It's hosted by Donald Miller, and it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. And what he does is he makes it easy to take the mystery out of growing your business. There's an episode that you should check out called What You Should Put in a Job Description to Get the Perfect Hire. And in this episode, Donald Miller looks at the whole hiring process and how important it is to emphasize both the, the positive attributes and the drawbacks to future candidates. And you'll learn why being self-aware as a leader will help you avoid hiring disasters. So check it out. Go listen to Business Made Simple wherever you get your podcasts. All right, All right next question, question to... And you can go out of order, Ben. Pick pick the questions okay. that are interesting to you. Um, let's go with question 10. You should choose your battles wisely. What battles do I choose? Oof. Dude, I choose so many petty battles. Like, if I, when I'm driving and I see someone behind me and they're driving like an asshole and cutting other people off, I like go out of my way to slow down and purposely like block it. So I'm going just as fast as the fast lane. So they can't get by me. Um, also I, I you're reply, like, you're like, I go to their destination. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm, drive to wherever really petty. I'm just, it pisses me off that someone's rude. I also, uh, reply to the, just so many comments that I shouldn't reply to. Um, where I think someone has said something and it's just kind of ridiculous and I reply to it and there's no reason why I should be doing that. So I pick a lot of really, really, really dumb battles. Your HOA battle that you had, I would die on that one. <laughs> that would, that would, not, that, th- this would not stand. That's what I would say. I mean, I, I would go hard on that one. <laughs> what was the question though? What, what battles do you pick that you shouldn't? It's basically, it says choose battles wisely. What battle do I choose? So which really, which is saying, what battle do you want to be choosing? 
another way of looking at it is what you said, which is what are the shitty, what battles am I stupidly choosing right now that I need to not I, be choosing? Dude, I choose so much small stuff. Like I just, for some reason, I stay like hardcore in the dirt. Like for example, I'm out at my ranch and I've got people here like setting up my Airbnb and stuff. And like people are like doing the stuff, but like I just have to be here and I'm like putting shit together or like, fuck it. I guess I'm gonna go rent a car and go to Costco. <laughs> it's like, no, we're already doing that. I choose the smallest stuff as opposed to leveraging my, my skill set. And so that is an unwise battle that I should not be picking. Instead, I need to be thinking about much bigger things. And I just sim- I simply don't. I think having kids might change that. I think there's a world where that where I'm praying that having a child is going to like somehow like show me the way uh, you guys could tell me if I'm wrong. But, dude, I pick the smallest. I focus like- on tiny, tiny, tiny issues. That's like uh, I have a friend who the like the, they're a couple. They're like kind of going through problems right now as a as a relationship. And then she said something. She was like, "I just feel like I need to have a kid, and then that's gonna like help us." And I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> no, that is not the answer." <laughs> like I, think, I understand why you dude, think I, that that will make it, this relationship better, but it is going to do the exact opposite. <laughs> I think it could be the answer to be honest having a dog is like two percent of having a child not in the sense of i'm taking care of it but it's like i've got something that i need to protect and take care of and it makes me a little bit happier i imagine properly having a human being where you're like oh i have to dedicate my my life to this person it's beyond me at this point i have a feeling that is that can be very inspiring and that's why i think a lot of like 35 and 40 year olds who are childless and are like getting messed up on psychedelics all the time and feel depressed i'm like dude, just fucking pop out some babies. I bet like you won't be asking yourself, how do I find myself? You're going to say, how do I just like make this kid happy? And like when you dedicate yourself to others, <laughs> I think you're happier. Uh, can I read you something cool, by the way, uh, that I just do you disagree with that? Um, no, I think you're right in that in two ways. So I think you're right that having a kid definitely takes the focus off yourself. So that that eliminates like a huge number of worries that you have, but it replaces them with new worries. If your habit is to worry, guess what? Whatever situation I put you in, you're going to find something to worry about. It's just better to right? worry so, about other people, though. It's it's more rewarding. So it is to, an improvement. To... It is an improvement. The other thing is that, yeah, some bullshit just gets thrown out the window because you don't have that bandwidth. You don't have that extra time to think about stuff and do stuff and make that trip to Costco because it's just off the table. You don't have the time. And so so that's one thing. But it, it doesn't fundamentally change the nature of the problem, the root cause of the problem. Um, which would be, you know, like a focus on minor things, because guess what? Then you're going to start to focus on, you know, why your kids you know, pinky toe is a little bit crooked and why they have this little rash on their knee and like why they're not eat, why they didn't eat all, you know, a balanced lunch. And like, there's a million, there's a zillion things you could worry about with a kid and you could even justify them further. Cause it you're, oh, I'm a martyr. I'm a great parent for doing so. So you got to be careful with that. I don't think it goes away, but I do think it like changes the problem a little bit. So what's yours? Um, okay. I'll answer the question. I'm going to read you this thing. So the battles, um, the battles I should pick, I should pick, the battles I want to choose are um, health. So being in the best health that I can be and having a, a healthy lifestyle for me and the people around me. Is your wife healthy? Because does she eat healthy? Yeah, she she uh, she's in and out. She she can be when she's on it. She's super clean. She, she doesn't have the problem I have of discipline. Like once she flips the switch, she'll just never eat bad again until she flips the switch off. Uh, and then she'll eat Oreos all day. And so it's like, you know, one or the other. Um, and so, yeah, but, and same thing with working out. She's like hardcore intense about that and hardcore intense about her diet. Um, and like, she doesn't waver at all. So, uh, but it's just a matter of what, what mood she's in. Um, like, and the mood is like 
a year long mood, not like a daily, daily fluctuation. So I think health is the first one. Cause I've seen that once your health goes a little sideways, nothing else actually matters. None of the other battles have like any relevance anymore. Uh, I think the second one is like probably the, probably the second battle to choose is like, uh, I don't know, probably something around parenting, but I don't even know how to phrase it. Like, I don't know, being like not constantly um, trying to like rush through parenting, parenting and like getting the job done. Uh, that's probably the second one is like the battle of en enjoying being patient with my kids. Uh, and then the last one is probably like I do too many projects. I have so many fucking projects at once and they're all good projects, but they're probably collectively together a bad number of projects and Dude, so did, that's probably the many, worst one i know i always say it but how many people criticize you about that uh i don't know if my friends and people who actually care about me like i don't know like the people who know me and care about me they do, do they do and say the, the same people thing. who don't are like oh that's cool you do so many things and my friends are like that's not cool all these things could be cool but you got to do them you got to do them right and if you're not going to do them you got to figure out how to like hire somebody who's going to do that thing for dude, you. Dude, I would, if I was you, I would only do three things. I would do the podcast because that's not that hard and it kind of drives the other thing. I would do Milk Road and I would do investing. Yeah, the problem is I'm too deep in on e-commerce and so I got to like either hire my way out or sell this thing or I don't know what. I don't know what the other option. You got to sell it. I think you sell it or something. I think that everyone talks about hiring someone to run shit you're still like involved somehow. Like you're not actually, I, I think that that's actually really hard to do. I don't know. When you did it for the hustle, you were pretty good about it, right? Yeah. But I thought about it all. I mean, I still felt like I was working there, but I, yeah, I, I didn't do other projects though. Um, I want to read something to you real quick. There's a thing from Naval that's, I don't know. You said something that, that reminded me of this. It's a little, I have a Slack channel called wisdom and this is in there. So he goes, uh, he says the only true test of intelligence is if you get what you want out of life. It's the only true test of intelligence is if you're getting what you want out of life, it goes, there's two parts to this. One is, are you able to hack reality to get what you want? And the more important one was, were you smart enough to figure out what you should want in the first place? Dude, that's the hard <laughs> that's part. Like, that's the hard part. Exactly. And like, you know, you read part. this and you nod and then it's like, have I been smart enough to figure this out in the first place? What do I even want? And then do I, do I like both you and I, we have developed the skills of hacking reality. But we get a little loose on yeah. remembering what what we actually want and what doesn't matter, what we don't care about, and like remembering which game to actually play. Yeah, bend, bending reality is, in my opinion, the easy part. What, knowing what you want is the way way harder. I don't know. One other part. One other part that I really liked. He goes, um, "You live in a society which has a bunch of people in it, so that will train you to play the the bunch of people game, the multiplayer game." But only, an only as an individual do you get to stumble on the hidden game, the single player game. And that is the real game. And he goes, he says a couple things. He goes, um, he goes, uh, if you had no adversity, it would be a very boring game. So remember, you got to play the game. It's your game. You get to design the board, design the challenge. You get to design the victory condition. And that is the creativity. That is like, you know, the, sort of. You get to decide the purpose of your own life in, in the same way you get to design what game you're going to play, what the rules are and what the victory condition is. And if you Where haven't you write this? intentionally done that, you're uh, you know, you're not you're not playing it. You know, you, you haven't actually started playing that game uh, consciously yet. Where do you write that? I don't know. He, he said this on like a Twitter spaces or something like that. This guy, Zach, Zach Pogrob uh, tweeted it out. I liked it. That's good. Ben, right, what's, the, another question? what's another one? 
All right. I think this is an interesting one. Um, what are you letting in? So in other words, like uh, he, he says, turn off the news, don't read the comments, quit interacting with negativity. Think of it as mental fitness. Like what, what things are you letting in? What noise are you letting in that you shouldn't let in? Oh, that you shouldn't? I have a, yeah. What, what are you letting through the, through the window or the door that actually, sh- you know, you shouldn't be, shouldn't be getting through the. Through what the- are yours? Well, I had, you had written something on the doc that I think is interesting. It was about feedback. So let's just zoom it into feedback. What was your question around feedback? So I have a few ways that I go about doing this, but you could do this when building a product or when um, just asking people about your personality, which I think you should do. Like, what do I, what do I suck? Where do I rock? And what you'll notice, and it's very clear, I tweeted out, what do you like about the podcast? What do you want more of? What do you want less of? And for every person who says they want a longer podcast, there's an equal amount of people who say they want a shorter one. There are some people who right. say more guests. There are some people who say no guests. And that makes things really hard to, to, to figure out feedback. And so I was going to ask you, uh, how do you decide which feedback to listen to and which to ignore? So I started off like, well, I used to, the way I used to think about this was, dude, feedback is the key. You need a feedback loop. You need to talk to your customers. You need to know your audience. And there was all these like, you know, books written about how important that stuff is. And so I became fucking Mr. Feedback. I would, you know, if I had a project idea, I'm taking the designs out to a mall and I'm stopping people and say, Hey, will you give me feedback on this idea? And you know, every coworker, I was like, Hey, I would love some feedback. What do you like about me? What do you hate about me? What's good about me to work with, et cetera. I was fucking Mr. Feedback. And then I started to get what you, what you just described, which is, information whiplash which is it's like information overload but it's not just an overload it's the contradictory information yeah and so then i'm like oh shit what to do so then i got paralyzed so then i went to steve jobs mode fuck feedback people don't know what they want why would i ask them what they want they don't they don't even know what they want for breakfast how, how could they tell me what they want out of this out of this app they've never heard of how could they tell me how to be a better boss blah 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 people don't know what they want and i became mr steve jobs in the turtleneck then I sort of realized, well, that's not good either, right? Because now I've isolated myself from actually getting feedback, so I have no signal to go off of. And so now I've come up with a better balance, I think, between the two, which is I seek out feedback from people who I think are, are going to give me relevant feedback. So I don't just ask everybody. And then the last piece is the feedback is not the answer. It's the question. So. When I hear feedback, I'm not looking for the answer to what we should do more of, what we should do less of, how I can be better, how I can be worse. I'm just looking for the feedback to just surface a couple of questions. So, for example, if they uh, if the feedback said, you know, longer podcast, some people said, oh, I want longer podcast. Some people said I want shorter podcast. It's just a question that comes up, which is what do I think is the right length of the podcast? What podcasts are great when they're long? What podcasts are great when they're short? You know, what would be the what would be a great short version of our podcast? So I use the feedback to ask myself a better question. And then it's my job to come to the answer. It's their job to just give me their opinion, which which gives me a question that that can ask. And so same thing goes with products, which is when I ask for feedback, we both like this book called The Mom Test. And the, the central principle is I only get to ask them about their problems. They don't, I don't get to ask them what solution they want. Um, and so similarly, when I go ask for feedback now, I'm just looking for them to say things that's going to get me to ask a better question that will get me to, to come up. And then it's my job to come up with the answer to that. Uh, so that's, that's the main principle. When, when in doubt, there's one final thing, which is at the end of the day, I got to like trust myself and I got to know that ultimately if I just do the thing I think is right over and over and over again, 
I will happen to, I might, some people might not like it, but I will ultimately attract the people who love what I do. So that comes back to that, that saying my, my trainer gave me, which is who are my customers? The people that love what I do. And it became that simple for me. So that, that's when I, that's what I fall back to. So it's like, if it was like an if else statement, it's like, if the, if their feedback gives me a clear question and an answer that I know what to do with, great, I'll make an adjustment. But if not, then I'm just going to do what I do. And I know that that will attract the type of person who loves what I do. I think that I, I think you can, I always call it like Excel sheet your way to creating a big business. So I think that like, you could just say like, where's the opportunity based off of like traffic demand. And uh, I just hired these people and you could create wealth that way. So I, I, and I, and I don't like when people say you have to be passionate. You don't really have to, you can just excel your way to this. But what I've learned throughout the years is like, it's a lot more fun just to do things that you think is are cool. And typically I can, that's more the feedback that I'll listen to is just like, do I think this is cool? And the second thing when I get feedback is I don't actually care like you said, what they're saying, uh, I I care more about why they're saying it. And so, for example, when people say make the podcast shorter, they're not saying make it shorter. They're saying it's not always that interesting. Right, and, exactly. And, and so the because if something's, you know, really long, it doesn't matter as long as it's badass. Or if I did a made a three hour movie about Sean, you're, Sean's going to watch it. And so it's really not about listening to the actual feedback. But why do I think they're saying it? So that's what I listen to. Yep. All right. This one, you guys get to talk about some other people. Um, this one is, am I surrounding myself with the right people? Who are the five I want to spend time with? Ooh, powerful question. That is a powerful question. So let's just, we'll make it, I think it's a heavy question. So let's make it light. So tell me right now, who are the five? If you just said, I spend my time the most with these five people, who are the five people you currently just spend the most time with? Wife, Sarah, probably my wife, one. Sarah, yeah. uh, Neville Medora, my best friend and, and lives next next door to me. Uh, Ramon, who you a lot of people know, Ramon yep. Van Meer, and then um, Jack Smith. That's four. You got one more. I wouldn't put anyone else in those categories. No, that's it. your dog. Well, and, 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 you know, I, I like you guys kind of like I, that's pretty in depth. But I would say that yeah. that's that, that I would edit there. And. All right, so then let's 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 just add one more. Who's somebody you wish was in that five that is that you're not spending as much time as as you like in an ideal world you would be? Uh Steph Smith. I would add Steph Smith. Whoa. To that. Yeah. Nice. I think just Steph like Smith a, is is amazing. Just like what? <laughs> I was like, just like our podcast listeners. <laughs> they also want Dude, more Steph Smith. So every time I talk to her, I like, damn, she's brilliant. She's a very special person. Uh, so maybe her, uh, anyone else like uh, I sometimes I do wish like I had like some baller, baller, baller friends. A lot of my friends are like pretty great, but like fucking hanging out with like a Russian oligarch just to see how like some of these crazy people think who are like <laughs> extreme. I would like I like extreme people. So even though I may think they're a bad person, I would like to hang out with some of these extreme people who are just on extreme ends of success. Or it could even be an athlete. Like, what's it like to hang out with, like, the person who holds the world record in the marathon? So it would be nice to to be around more extreme people. That's a that's a really good actually twist to this, which is I think a lot of people have heard this idea of you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And that's true. But there's two other groups of people that I think really matter. One is like the equivalent of a bender. It's like you don't want to go on a bender every day or every weekend. But like 
twice a year, a bender is a lot of fun. And if you don't do a bender twice a year, if you're not really having one amazing party or, you know, just an all nighter or some kind of experience that's like a little out there, you kind of are leaving a little bit of life on the table. And, um, and so there's some people that are amazing in that capacity that you just, you would never want in your, uh, your everyday, but they're amazing twice a year, uh, twice a year hangs with. Uh, and, and I think there's some people that are like that. The other one is who have you just not even encountered yet? <laughs> like who's just outside of your bubble that it's like, you don't even know what you don't know yet because you just don't hang out with anybody like that. And so you, you have zero exposure and therefore, you know, it's just like, it's not part of your worldview. It's not part of your mental model yet. So, so I think that's another yours? Like, two categories. Who are, uh, the are five yours? or the, those, those two, two new categories? Do, do the five and then the other. All right. So my five would be Sonia, my wife and my kids. I'll just put it, put it all together. Um, uh, my mom is the next one. Uh, so I spend, my mom comes over one week out of every month. She stays with us. Um, uh, ben, who's kind of like my, my right-hand man, my, my business partner across Milk Road, across in the fund. He helps with the podcast. He does a bunch of things. So I talk to Ben hours a day. Um, Andre, who I, I don't think you've met Andre, right? No. No. Andre's like kind of like the new Ben. He's like the next Ben. Um, so he's a, he's a new guy in the fold on, on that level. And Andre's kind of amazing because Andre's got this story um, – that he had some illness, he had something, he caught some bug, he got some infection that like, it gave him like kind of like chronic fatigue syndrome or something like that. Like he basically like couldn't get out of bed for like, I don't know, like two years or something like that. Like he, got, he was in you a know, wheelchair like at one or point and nobody, nobody knew what it was and it was just like, and then he kind of like recovered from it, but it was like this multi-year thing. And so this motherfucker is the most like grateful person you'll ever meet because he's like, dude, I walked today and I'm like, you know, like it doesn't take much for Andre to be like high on life. And because Andre's around me all the time, I'm, I get that secondary high, you know, the contact high right. off of Andre. And like, you know, cause he, he kind of like was just battling and got out of it. And so now he's like every day he like, you could tell he's just savoring every day. Like as if you, you haven't eaten in like two weeks and you're having your first meal. That's how Andre's so, like. And so I love so that about the, Andre. And who are the other two? Uh, the other one is Suli, uh, who's our mutual buddy. Um, and I don't hang out with him that much cause he moved, but he's a partner in one of my businesses. And so I talked to him, you know, because of that, but the one downside is now that he's like an official business partner, we don't really just like talk to shoot the shit anymore. It's like, we kind of, anytime I'm talking to him, I'm sort of talking to him always as he's, a, as if he's my investor or business partner instead of just catching up, you know? So I guess that's probably the downside. And then, so those are the, those are the five that I'm currently hanging out with the most. I would put you next as we hang out, you know, two, three hours a week doing this. So that's more than most people. And then the one I wish I hung out with more was Ramon because Ramon is like the best human on earth. So, you know, the more Ramon in my life, the better human I would be just, you know, by default. I completely agree. When he teaches me a lot, he, uh, he's a very thoughtful person. I learn a lot from him. And then the, the, the category that I was saying that people I'd have no exposure to is like, I basically have no exposure anymore to people that are in high school and college, which is like actually pretty important as an investor and like, you know, person of the world to know, like what it's like, Oh, I forgot. I used to think about these stupid things and they were the most important things in my life or like, Oh wow. You know, we didn't have phones, so we couldn't do these things, you know, that they're doing now in high school or college. So I have like zero exposure to that. Um, you know, like people in third world countries, like, you know, when I went down mm. to Mexico, I was like, Oh wow. Like, 
I kind of forgot like just how simple and like different life is for most people on earth. And like, you know, I used to live in Indonesia and in China and stuff like that. So like I definitely was in it every day, but now, you know, I'm just sitting in the burbs in California. So it's easy to forget that. So I, I think I have a lot, like my bubble is pretty tight right now. I think I should pop that intentionally once in a while. Do you want to do one more question, Ben? Yeah, we're doing five questions. Five questions yeah, seems like a nice uh, round number. And you, Ben, you can remix it because some of these are sort of the same. So you could just ask a different question. You're a good question asker in general. So you can ask um, a different well, question. So I've been thinking about uh, one of these. So let's go with this one. In what ways am I in my own way? Oh, I can say that one easy. I lose my temper and follow my I get very emotional where I'm like, no, fuck this. This is wrong. We have to do it this way. Um, and I have lost a lot of money for doing that for like, uh, um, let's just say like, it's an employee who I think like has, um, maybe underperformed, uh, even though they talk like they're hot shit, I would just fire them as opposed to like, well, we could definitely salvage this. Like there's lots of ways to salvage things and make things better. so it's a, a net positive, but more often than not be like, well, no, I just, I'm out. I don't want to deal with the headache. I'm over it. Or, and that is a very emotional decision. I make so many emotional decisions. Oftentimes it's, sometimes it's ego. Oftentimes it's temper or, but mostly if it's like, oh, I think this person is trying to get one over them on me. Like, fuck them. I want to crush them. No, I'm not doing, you know what I mean? I make a ton. (laughs) Yes. I make a ton of emotional decisions as opposed to practical decisions. (laughs) That's interesting. Uh, all right, I got two. I have one that's real, but but is that honestly, true? So have you have you seen that with me? Cheesy. Yeah, for sure. You, you've been mad at me sometimes, and I'm like, because you think I'm trying to like get one over on you, and I'm like, dude, I'm I'm really not. And then once you realize I'm not, like your whole perspective changed right away. And I was like, oh, that's what you thought? Like, oh, I had no idea because I wouldn't like it's so different than the way I think. So I I didn't I just never I I couldn't understand it. Basically, it's not like, like I'll, a, I'll, we, can give a re- we can give a real example. I got mad at you for being late, and I'm like in my head, I'm like. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about this. He thinks he's better. And it was reality was like, no, dude, my baby was sick or like, you know, I like she was in the bath and it took forever to get her out. Uh, and that's like or, a or legitimately good excuse. Innocent, like even a bad excuse, which was just like, dude, I just I literally like I was sitting here. I just lost track of time. I'm not doing anything. I'm not more important. I'm not like a diva. I'm not uh, trying to do that. Like, I feel horrible every time I do. Like, I sometimes I literally don't even have a good excuse. Uh, but, but even that was fine with you. It was just like, and as long as you don't know, I was sort of like actively doing it. It didn't bother you. You know what I mean? No, <laughs> like, it doesn't bother me. Or another thing that I do all the time. And I think everyone should learn from me and I'm working hard at it. And I made this mistake is res- replying really quickly to text based messages. So whether that's an email, uh, anything where it's like, dude, it's okay if you sit on this for an hour or even a day or even five days. Sometimes I'll get shit like a text or an email and I'm like, Oh no, F that. And I quickly reply and I'm like, Oh, I should have just sat on that for like three hours. What was I thinking? Yeah. I'm uh, that's actually a great one. That's a great answer for me too. I'm massively disorganized, um, which affects everything. So it's like replying. Like there are so many emails and text messages that like, people are either like offering me something they're trying to help me and I'm just not replying and people take it very personally. Um, as you know, uh, maybe I would too, if I felt like I was getting blown off by this person or I'll just miss a deal that like, it's just like a clear win for me because I just don't reply. Uh, yeah, or I forget um, to reply. I don't, I, don't, I don't see it. 
I would say fuck them. You know, I actually don't think you should. <laughs> I, I've been struggling with that, too. I had, and lately I'm just like, I'm just not going to feel bad about replying to these people. Like, and it, well, this, here's this here's is the, the most douchey. But listen, here's the most douchiest thing I could say. But just subtract this by like a lot. And that's the reality. Imagine you're Justin Timberlake and people like are always presenting you with stuff. You're just like, dude, I don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do. Of course, we are not that big a deal, but like a much, much smaller version where there's like lots of opportunities. And I'm just like, I'm just going to ignore all of them. I don't expect JT to reply to a DM. Do I? Yeah, that's true. But uh, I'm talking about like people who. I'm doing business with her, but they're my friends or something like that. Like those are people I do intend to be replying to, or I've asked them for something and then they give it to me and I forget to do something with it. But there's what do you think, Joe? What do you think? Laziness there. Like imagine, on my but imagine right you're now, Joe Rogan. Check. How much is that? I, I don't want to share the check on, on screen, but uh, this is a $13,000 check. That's just been sitting here for like six months and then it expired. And so now I just had to go like get a new check. And then I got the, this is the new check. After the other one expired and I still haven't deposited this one, another month has gone by. Like, that's how shitty I am. And it's just sitting here because I'm just disoriented for no reason or the same thing with like my company's book. So here's the bad way it plays out, which is I don't like I've never hired a bookkeeper. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I don't know, like, aren't the transactions just like on the credit card? And, no, like, the they got to ask you. And, like, they gotta I guess ask at the end stuff. of the year, I'll just I'll just cram for my taxes final and just figure this out. And so now I'm like learning, oh, how do people do this? Oh, they hire bookkeepers and then they like, okay, gotcha. So like there was just things that are just messy in my world. That's me getting in my own way. Um, you know, it cost me a lot of money to to have messy books or not reply to certain, certain emails. Um, so I think that's me getting in my own way. The other one was just staying up late, which is again, this is so boring cliche. I'm almost embarrassed to even say it on the podcast because how late do you stay up? Nobody gives a fuck. Like on average, I was staying up till two or three in the morning and then I'd wake up at nine and I just started like last week. I was just like, fuck it. I'm just gonna sleep early. And it solved like five of my biggest problems. It's like my diet cleaned up because I no longer late night snack or eat like junk, which is all I would do. Right. If I had dinner at seven and now it's one a.m. and I'm hungry, like, guess what? I'm not Nothing eating good happens after midnight. At that time. <laughs> Nothing good happens yeah, exactly. after midnight. Uh, Inclu- it could be eating sleep- or it could be fighting. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's like my sleep was shitty. My work was shitty. I was editing the milk road at night. Now I just, I sleep at like 10 30 or 11. I wake up at six or seven in the morning. I write the milk road and it's, or I edit the milk road and it's done. But, and like, by the time the kids wake up, like I've already like finished my work day almost. And so I just cleaned that up and it cleaned up like five other things. But again, so fucking cliche to say sleeping early that I bleep this whole thing out make it mysterious instead <laughs> do you remember uh how regimented rob dyrdek was about tracking his time and like waking up at 6 a.m or 5 a.m or whatever he did i actually like like i i if that's what makes him happy do it and i also respect how crazy he is about that i think i like extreme people part of me was like ugh, but that's like you don't need to do that but then the other part is like that would be kind of cool to do for like two or three weeks just to see what would happen this, what would happen if you do get up at 6 a.m. and you are like you have a very strict schedule? I, I actually do think that that sounds kind of fun to try it once in a while. What time do you uh, sleep and wake up typically? Last night, I couldn't go to bed. I went to bed at one or two um, and I got out of bed at seven. I you normally always get out of bed at seven. And but ben, are I, you I, like super I, regimented not, with your schedule? I'm not productive, though. Usually I'm not productive until about nine or ten. My uh, yeah. So my baby wakes up at six in the morning usually so that's when i'm up and um 
I try and go to bed around like 10, 1030. And then once or twice a month, I'll go to bed at like 3 a.m. Because I need to get something done. That, that's why nice you go to bed at 3 a.m. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> You're not like going on doing shit. Wait, do you, do you drink? Do you drink or do drugs? No. When it's usually like I God, this is the lamest trio ever. Uh, when I when I do how to take over the world episodes, I usually do a bunch of it in one sitting that I'll do from like 9 p.m. to like 3 or 4 a.m. I'll do that twice a month. Sean, do you, so let me do recap you, these five questions or anything. Uh, I drink if like the occasion calls for it, but not with any regularity. No. But to get drunk? I, I used to, but no, I, like last five years, I have not been getting drunk. And do you do any drugs? God, that's crazy. What a bunch of prudes. Uh, dude, we are. I just drink green smoothies, bro. I, I, I don't even drink coffee. We are so lame. All right, go ahead. All right, I'm going to recap the five questions. So the five questions were, in what areas of my life am I settling right now? The next one was, um, am I surround? Oh, no, that's not it. Oh, yeah. Choose your battles wisely. What battles am I choosing right now? And what, like, what do I want to choose? So what areas of my life am I settling? Choose your battles wisely. What battles do you want to choose? Number three, what am I letting in that I need to shut out? That's noise and information and opinions from the outside world. And then am I surrounding myself with the right people? Who are the five people I want to spend the most time with? And what was the fifth one? Did we do five? Yeah. Question five was in what ways am I in my own way? Oh, yeah. In what ways am I in my own way? What are the things you're doing that gets in your own way? Um, Those are the five. Ben, which one of those questions... When we said them, did you go off on a tangent thinking for yourself what your answer is? Which one shook you? One of these Which questions shook you. Um, I, I, the first question shook me. In what areas of my life am I settling? Uh, that, okay. So, okay. You guys Ooh, are looking at share. me. I, I, thought, I thought maybe I'd get away with not actually giving you the answer. Because like that's like that's one that penetrates to your soul. <laughs> yeah. But you both were just like, you're going to answer right now. And like for you, both of you talked about like health and fitness stuff. And one area in which I settle a lot in my life is like, I get super concerned about environmental pollutants, especially like plastics and microplastics and like stuff like that. And I always feel like a psychopath when I talk about it. Cause everyone else is like, oh, what, what, like plastics. And I feel crazy. Cause I'm like, no, actually like this isn't a conspiracy theory. Like the research is out there that like all these microplastics are like crashing our testosterone levels and like disrupting our endocrine systems and stuff. Like I'm not crazy, but the fact that everyone else is like, eh, whatever makes me feel even crazier. And so a lot of times weird obsession, I just like settle, I compromise and I'm like, look at my baby, like putting this plastic toy in her mouth and like a part of me dies. And I'm just like, whatever i i settle i'm not gonna fight this fight right now but it is something that do you have plastic tupperware uh, we have plastic tupperware that i wish we would just like throw away so just do it dude that is not at all where i thought you were going with that answer when you first said it because you were like so it was like weighing so heavy on your heart and that's what it was (laughs) it matters a lot to me sean most fucking random answer are is 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 rubber is like a like a what do they call like a binky? What is the pacifier thing? The pacifier. What is, what is, is that rubber? I don't even know what that is. Is that plastic? Uh, yeah. So most of the time, no, they won't do plastic in pacifiers. So they'll either do silicone, uh, which is better, or they'll do rubber. Yeah, which is also better. And rubber so is better. okay, right? Silicone, I like have my doubts about, um, but it does not have like the same proven track record of disrupting your endocrine systems the way plastics do. Do you do you reuse so water bottles? We, um... No. In fact, I try not to use disposable water bottles because a lot of times they leach. 
what do I go watch or read that's going to scare the shit out of me? About There's that? a Joe Rogan uh, episode that I'll link up in the show notes where he talks with. She's a Harvard researcher who uh, does a bunch of this stuff, and she's really good. Uh, and it will it will scare you a lot. Yeah, dude, plastic's pretty bad. And then, like, I, I, you don't know that, Sean? Do you you microwave well, plastic, I've don't you? Only on this podcast. Yeah, I I microwave everything and I everything's in plastic in my house. So I'm like, oh shit, okay. Um so I've heard this, but I've like never I never got shook yet where I'm like, oh, take action in this. Um but that's that's why I ask, what do I need to go watch that's gonna like trigger me? Where I'm need to I need to be like I, I will go and you know make a like dramatic change in my I'll, house. I'll link it up, but like right the short of it is basically like our testosterone levels are decreasing at 1% per year. Fertility levels are just like crashing. And it's not just people who want to have children less. Like people who are trying to have children are able to have them at much lower rates than in the past to the point where it's like, and our plastic use is increasing so much that they're like in 50 years, we're not sure that anyone is going to be able to have uh, unassisted uh, children anymore. But how do they know plastics cause that you know, versus just, because uh, they do studies of with rats and uh, they're able to de- demonstrate it, the the correlation. Good answer. That was a very good answer. <laughs> and um, what do you what's what's an example of something you swap out? That's like a big culprit for plastic. Like most people are doing this. But if you swap this, that solves like, you know, 20 percent. of the battle. Right. Well, so the biggest thing that she said was never heat plastic. That is like, if you can do one thing, it's never heat up plastic. So like if you have a water bottle uh, with water in it, like, yes, that will leach some plastic into your system. It's not great. But if you leave it out in the sun, it heats up to 100 degrees. You're going to get like 10 times as much plastic. So it's it's not eating things hot from plastic. But how do you reconcile that fact with the fact that you smoke? You told me that you smoke a pack of cigarettes a day. <laughs> uh yeah uh, noted chain smoker uh ben wilson that's what people know me for how do you do both <laughs> well and how do you how could you have <laughs> how do you have 24 newports a day you're telling me not to microwave plastic <laughs> you know it's just one of those mysteries sam i don't know how to explain it and how do you um can you test to see how much plastic i don't know that's a good question i would love to do it if you can i don't know that you can i got a new business that we're gonna talk about on monday that's gonna address that by the way i was all prepared for it today Really? Did you say that? Wanna... What is it? It's called Float. Uh, did you see it in the doc? It's called Float. Dot... Is, no. What is it? What's the URL? Is it, is it called Float, Ben? Where's my fucking read? It's called... Um... No, it's called Fount. <laughs> uh, Fount. Fount. Sorry. Fount.bio. Fount. It's basically a $5,000 a month concierge service where they test your blood and tell you all about your body. It's very expensive, but sounds incredibly cool. For $5,000 a month, you're probably just touching my body. <laughs> well, we'll see. Maybe for five, maybe it'll make women that actually want to touch your body. Ooh, maybe that's maybe, that, maybe we'll do one better. <laughs> uh, it's a, we're getting tested over here for five grand a month. What? Five grand a month? That's such an absurd number. You're doing this? No, I'm not doing it, but I think it's close to beta. Uh, five grand a month. Would I do it? I would sign up for three months for sure. I think you could do it in three month in- increments. I. For $15,000, yeah, I would try that. Dude, I had a concierge doctor one time for like a year when I was really sick, and it was twenty five grand for a year, and it was mostly amazing. Also, I understand why rich people and how rich people can get access to so many drugs. 
Because like if I wanted to, I could just like text the doctor and be like, hey, uh, can you refill this uh, this Xanax for me? Uh, or like, hey, I need some more Oxy. Like is like and you're paying them so much money that it seems like they're willing to do that. It, it, it is kind of crazy. Check. This took a turn. Hey, um, all right. Can I cool. do we have time? We're, we're, right, we're way over time. time. Do I have time to ask you guys one more question? As long as it's yeah, five minutes or less. Okay, I think you can be five minutes or less. I'm just curious about this. I don't know why this. I thought of this as we were asking the five questions. But if you were to like simulate your life a thousand times, what do you think the ceiling is and what do you think the floor is? In other words, like, are there a few little things if they broke in the wrong way, like Sam Parr is working at a McDonald's in Missouri right now? Or like a few sure. breaks uh, where if things had broken the wrong way, you would uh, be a, like a worth a hundred billion dollars, one of the richest men in the world. Like, what do you think your floor is? What do you think your ceiling is? And do you think you ended up about uh, what your average is? I think in my case, I could tell you, I let's think my the, floor let's is set the ground rules. The ground rules are same genetics and same like family. Not like I'm born in a different country. You, like yeah, I, yeah, same, it's like, just like a point. few little random variables get changed. You make a few different decisions as you go through life, but same family, same situation, same person. I think right, I was ahead. not far from being like homeless, alcoholic, drug addict. Like, I think that was actually potentially in the cards or just like in jail because I would con people and steal. I think a lot of people honestly could say that, though. Like if they like if they like got it, if you ever like do certain drugs, like, oh, man, like the it's actually I could see myself uh, living on the streets. Uh, <laughs> the best of like the limit. Um, uh, I think like a really attainable thing is I could have not sold my company and I think it could have been worth hundreds of millions of dollars and I could have been worth many hundreds of millions of dollars by the time I was 50. I think that could have done that. I think I could have pulled that off if I was willing to put it in, put the work in. Yeah, but you, you'll probably end up there now. Anyways, you're 30 now. That's 20 more years. Yeah. Given where you're at now, it's pretty likely that you end up over $100 million. It's very likely uh, that I'll be worth 20 more years. It's almost guaranteed I'll be worth nine. I mean, it's almost certain. Yeah. So then fuck right. it. I don't it's have a good certain. answer. Then. Exactly. <laughs> so you, you, you peaked. You, you got one of the good, good rolls of the dice. Um, I don't think, I mean, obviously there's some scenarios where, yeah, I end up, you know, in jail, drug addict, whatever. But I don't think that's like the realistic floor for me. I think the realistic floor for me is, was probably like. Um, working at Twitch forever. You know, no, not even like, you know, working at, uh, working as a lab assistant at fucking, you know, uh, you know, Greenville University's like biology department or some shit like that. Like, you know, basically some, some job that was like. I got on some track that didn't really have a, a merit-based system. It was a time-based system. Um, so, like, you know, you basically just get rewarded for how long you've been in the game and not, like, how much impact you've been able to make. And um, and, the, and it might have been in a very kind of, like, not, a complete – I was very close to a complete non-business field, right? I was, like, about to go to med school. So, you know, I, I was very likely going to be in a different thing. But, like, even if I hadn't done the med school path, you know, just being a – engineer somewhere or being a, um, you know, project manager somewhere was extremely likely for me. Um, had I just made one or two different decisions kind of at some point, the more interesting question is like, how far off the peak am I? And I think I'm pretty far off the peak to be honest with you. And, and in fact, you know, uh, Ben, you were there when we had, uh, David Freeberg on the, on the podcast. And I told him, Sam, I was trying to butter him up. I was like, dude, so you've created, not one, not two, but pretty much th three billion dollar companies. 
Um, if you know, he created Climate, which is a billion dollar company. He created Metro Mile, which is basically a billion dollar company, and he created the production board, which is a billion dollar company. And I said, you've done that. And you know, if I went back to you at age kind of 18, 19, 20, you're in college, and I told you, hey man, this is how it all shakes out. You're going to create three billion dollar companies, three separate billion dollar companies, uh, in like the, in this like kind of space, science space. Uh, what would you have said? Would that have been unbelievable to you? Would you have, could you have believed that? He goes. Honestly, I'd probably have been disappointed. <laughs> I was like, what? Why? Because <laughs> I think two things. Like, one is he wasn't really, like, money wasn't the, like, the, the driving force. And then the second piece is, like, I don't think he feels like he's had a big impact on the world yet. Um, like, okay, Metro Mile exists and, okay, climate exists. But, like, you know, what he's trying to do now with, like, Canada and other stuff like that is, like, he's, like, trying to find, like, be, like, the the way we produce food is going to change or like the way we produce pharmaceuticals is going to change. Like that's not now the, like the type of swing he goes for, which is like the world used to produce things in factories and farming and blah, blah, blah. And now we do it in a laboratory, blah, blah, blah. Like that. He's trying to fundamentally change the means of production. And so I think that's what he meant. But um, I was kind of blown away by that answer. And that's the type of thing when I remember I said, like, you hang out with that X factor person who like just sort of like stuns you into a different, like when I said, when do I realize I'm settling is when a guy who's created $3 billion company says, I probably would have been disappointed if I knew this was the, this was the outcome. Um, it makes me think, wait, what is this guy even going? For? What is this guy's scoreboard? If he doesn't think this is a win. And then what does that make me think about my scoreboard? How could I update my scoreboard? Not to That's match so his, but to like, Let's let's definitely question it, right? Like let's, is let's he not a billionaire? just keep it the same as it's been for ten years. Is he a billionaire? I don't think he's personally a billionaire now. Probably but like in that ballpark. I, I think he said on the podcast that he that he hasn't hit a billion. So I think close, but I don't think he said it. Yeah. Isn't that funny how you can achieve just at mo- what most every single person on earth would consider like the top of the top of the top of the top, and you're like, eh, that's funny. I how remember that works. once I Googled my uh my mentor and kind of business my, my investors net worth and i remember being like and then i googled a whole bunch of celebrities like so i think i think at that time like his his kind of like my ballpark approximate like my triangulated net worth for them was like 700 800 million and then i googled like britney spears and it was like 25 or 50 and then i was like great britney i was like he's like more than 10 times richer than Britney Spears. I was like, okay, Alex Rodriguez. I remember when he signed the biggest MLB contract ever. It was a 10-year, $225 million contract or $250 million contract at that time. And I remember being like, oh my God, he's getting three, he already has three times A-Rod's contract. And it just like, I just Googled every celebrity I could think of. And like, he Michael, worth more than all of them. Did <laughs> you know that you're richer than Ryan Sheckler? <laughs> I, I think I literally said that. I was like, you're 15 thousand germaine duprees <laughs> dude he's probably even richer than denzel washington this guy's amazing that's what i'm saying a- oh easily watch you know denzel net worth <laughs> dude i bet you denzel's gotta be worth a uh, hundred at least been right, in the denzel game for a while he- piss poor 280 he's a double denzel you know like come on man <laughs> that's awesome all right i'm out